This week, we continue our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons and Dragons. And this time, we're talking about the Barbarian and the Path of the Beast. Support the Dungeon Master's Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. Barbarians. Barbarians. Yeah. Everyone loves a barbarian. They're so cuddly. One of my favorites. Ever since Unearthed yes. Arcana, 1982. The Barbarian. Yes. Always been a big Conan the Barbarian fan. I just like wreaking havoc. So put something out in front to just damage everything and everyone, and I was happy. And we know that. I see you both <laughs> play Barbarians. Love my Barbarian I character. love my Barbarian. Scary. We were talking about putting them side by side. That's scary. I, I I would really, really feel sorry for whoever had to run that game because they're two completely different entities, and both of them are just absolutely devastating. But fortunately, Bill and I have painstakingly, painstakingly added a tremendous amount of continuity to our gaming world. We have. So it, it's, every little detail has been mulled over. It's the D&DCU. Dungeons and Dragons cinematic universe at the table here in the basement, right? <laughs> so you could, you could very well see uh, Yarrow and, and and Cal in the same adventure. It'd be like seeing the Hulk and Thor together. Yes. Oh yeah, there you go. Baby arms. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking barbarians, and these yes, aren't are. just uh, these aren't just the, the fellas that. That flatulate at the dinner table, or uh, don't say excuse me before they walk into a room. Well, they do that too. They do that. They do that. They too. wreak they, havoc, is they what re- they do. They wreak havoc. I love me the barbarian, and th- they give us a couple optional class features. So it's they do. optional. They do. You, you may use this. You may, if you wish. This. DMs, please keep an open mind if one of your players approaches you and says, "I have a, I have a character concept in mind, and I want to." I want to try out some of these optional class features from Tasha's. Uh, hear them out. Um, players, please don't whine at your DM. <laughs> um, That's how you get your character killed. Yeah. Uh, present your case and DMs, uh, uh, listen, please. Listen to your players. And just, I have a new book and it looks cool. I want to try it. Yeah, because who doesn't? Yeah, but everyone does. But if you want to pitch this to your, your game master, build around it, you know, Justify it, verify it, explain it, explain it. You know, why would this fit a for your character and b in the world your character is traveling in? Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing. So, if you want to play this, you know, uh, the any any of these 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 new like the Path of the Beast, right? You want to play a Path of the Beast in Bill's all elf campaign that's that's taking place in a mystical wood. How does that fit in? Right. Explain to your DM how it fits in. Um, right. Come up with a background, um, you know, and, uh, and just rolling the D four on the origin chart, going, "Oh, that's how it happened." No, 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 don't. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, you you can do that. You can use the chart, but still now, give it a story. It. Yeah, make it a story. Give still. me some details. How many times have I said justify it? Exactly. Excite I, I say this a lot on my tables. I want to do this. Justify it. Yep. Yeah. Tell me how it happened. Explain to me why. What was the background? What was the story? 
and don't tell me you're an orphan. I hate that one. Yeah, that's 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 too easy. I, I want to be excited about your character too. Mm-hmm. You know, give me something so that I can be like I could get behind that character and be like, oh, I could do good things with that character in this campaign. You know, I can't wait to you know kind of slowly start to integrate their story into the bigger story arc. You know, do do those th- sort of things. It's important. It is. Um, like I I know I would um use um a quick background or just think off the top of my head. I would make them the. the the descendant of one of the druids I'm playing now, mm-hmm. uh, um, from because he's a druid of the moon, so right. he has all the the characteristics of all the animals. And I would just give him, uh, say, he was a descendant, so he carries over mystically some of the inherent bonds that he probably got through family lineage. There you go. Yeah, and it and it and it works, and and that stimulates conversation. It's like, okay, uh, tell me more about this. That the magic courses through my veins, and when I became a man. All of a sudden, these you know, I'm having these weird nightmares, and I woke up sleeping out in the woods. You know, only fifty feet from the house, but I'm I'm sleeping in the woods. I don't remember getting here exactly. And, and yep. you know, and why am I covered with dirt? And where the hell are my clothes? Exactly. You know, you know, just, and, but that's why I said I would. Sounds use, like my twenties. I would. I would. Use, it sounds like all our twenties. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I said I would use. Um, I would go off that he's a descendant of one of my old characters. Continuity. Yes. Number two on the random roll chart of. Or potential options. So, yep. so what are yeah, some no, of these? What are some of these optional class features you get? Well, you can start with primal knowledge. All right. So, primal knowledge. We reach third, and again at tenth level, you gain proficiency in one skill of your choice from the list of skills available to the barbarian at first level. So, you you get basically you're getting extra skills. And in our world, especially at my tables, you know we have low magic skills and abilities are huge. Yeah, that's what we want you to describe. That's what we want you to be doing. Okay, I, I'm I'm just going to go and smith this. No, that's not how you do it. I want to hear some descriptions. So skills for our tables is huge, and it should be for yours too, because not everything is. I'm going to hit it with my my sword. That is not what you, your heroes aren't always walking around swinging a sword. They're doing an awful lot of other things in between, and it could be months. So that's where skills come in. Downtime, you got to learn. Yep. you got to learn, learn how to yep. man, you know, use your skills, use your downtime. There's a lot of role playing that could be done by just going through town. And what are you doing? I'm shopping for what? A birthday party. Well, I've done this one. I don't know if you were at the table. No, I don't think I've done so. this one. I I ran a, a, a three maybe four week scenario, and all they were trying to do is just shop for a birthday party. But it became very entertaining. I'm sure it has. But like you said, when you're in town or when you have downtime, you could be mentoring somebody, teaching them skills, mm-hmm. or you could be the mentor e and learning skills from somebody else. One yeah, of, you have, one of which will also gain you money too. Yeah, yeah. But if it's from within your own party, you know that's another way that's, to learn skills without having to make up a, a way to do it. Like so, if Yaro had um a skill I wanted to learn, like, hey Yaro, can you teach me that? It may take X sessions. Right, but at least you know you're on the path to getting a, a new skill. Yep. And well, and, and again, that's the justification I was talking about, yep. where you're building it. So when I get to my next, you know, my next uh, milestone or level, um, and I want to take a particular skill or a class, I've already justified it in the game because yes. I've been, I've been, you know, studying under Yarrow. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And okay, now it's it's easy. And it's it, it's a smooth transition in the game. It is, and it works. And then you get you get instinctive pounce. Um, at seventh level, so as part of uh, the bonus action you take to enter your rage, you can move up to half your speed. That's pretty good. That is a nice little feature there. So, and right underneath, can I just can I just say you're going to anyways? Yeah, I am. Thank you, Robert Pattinson, for uh, being the model for that uh, human barbarian of the beast. <laughs> I mean, take a take a look. That looks like a young Robert Pattinson. It the hair is even the same. You know he's right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, even gonna, not even disputing it. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you for modeling for that, that particular piece of artwork, and and do yeah. a good job with Batman. The whole world's watching. No pressure. So is Ben Affleck. Now let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about some primal paths. We get a couple primal paths today. Uh, today we're doing what'd you say? Path of the Beast. Yes, Path of the Beast. Yes, Path of the Beast. I kind of dig Path of the Beast. You know why? It reminds me of Bjorn from The Hobbit. Oh yeah. I see. Yep. Uh, yep. I see him and maybe his entire people. Being, which I I want to say Bjorn was the only one left at the time. He of the was, Hobbit, yes, but I see him being very much so like these uh, Path of the Beast barbarians. So it's uh, it's very fantastical. It's got kind of like a, a an an ancient old world 
you know, before before the race of man entered entered into whatever your campaign setting is, kind of yes. kind of feel to it, you know. So I'm so, like kind of. So did did these particular in that particular setting? Right? Is it the the Bjorn like people? Were they the predecessors and humans came from them as a, a you know a degenerate gene? I'm going to say gene and humans spawned from that as opposed to it being the other way around where all of a sudden humans gain these abilities. No, the humans didn't gain the ability. They lost their abilities. That's why they're human. That's exactly what one of my notes was. That Is I, had written, uh, written <laughs> I said, you would see more, more of these roving clans uh, that have history with, you know, with lycanthropy, uh, maybe some were infected generations ago and just some partially show up with some recessed genes that were shown up in their, in, in their blood, you know, in their, their human, their anatomy. Yeah. I see it. I see it similarly. Like maybe there was a, an entire race of 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 beings that were human like in appearance. You know, they were they were humanoid. They would probably pass for humans, but maybe be more like the. Uh, do you remember the second edition Furbogs? Yep. Yes. More more like them. Uh, go look those up if you're not familiar with them. They're they're just giant Viking people that live in the woods and have red hair. And they're kind of yeah, for the most part, yeah. They're a lot more badass uh, than these fifth ed ones in appearance, anyway. Um, but kind of like that, just these a race of very large uh, beings that could shape shift into animals, bears and wolves, and and then the race of man came along. And and as as we do, you know, we we just kind of moved into an area that other people were living in. You know, and said, "Oh, it's mine now." You know, and and as is common, the other people who were living there were like, uh, "No." And then there was like conflict, and um, eventually it's a, it's they kind humans of, breed like rabbits. Yeah, they they kind of <laughs> they kind of went went their own way. But as as is common with like you know conquerors, they they stay, they intermingle, intermingle, and now you're getting like this lineage in this. Um, it's not so much humans. It's more of like a hybrid kind of species where there's some of these recessive genes and some people have this maybe what they call a gift of being Perfect. able to yep. partially transform, you know. So these are the, uh, you know, like every family wants that one kid, you know. It's like, oh, I heard uh, Branagh, uh, he, he turned into a wolf the other day. We're quite proud. You know, it's the sort of thing that... Well, it's a muzzle, but it's a start. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's like his his face got a lot longer, so we're you know we're hoping and his then, ears shift back and oh you know yeah it's other that or a possum we're you know we're we're hoping for wolf though. Yeah. Roy turned into a squirrel. We're really disappointed, um, but maybe this manifests itself like in in the teen years. You know, when puberty hits, kind of yep. like kind of like mutants in in the X Men comics. You know, this is the sort of thing where it's like it's. It's not entirely uncommon to wake up in the middle of the woods, uh, naked, covered in 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 like rabbit's blood or something. You, you hope it's rabbit, you know, or you have an affinity with dogs, or you have an affinity with cats. You know, it's not something where you would have this animal companion, but you know, you just get them. That that sort of thing. That lends to the whole thematic vision that you're you're trying to portray too. Uh, yeah, exactly. So if you kind of like if you if you uh, uh, kind of go dog-like you know be a wolf or you know if that's kind of like the theme you're going to you know while you're any canine yeah yeah while your player's uh character is walking into a town he's that or she's that person that all the dogs kind of like will come up to well say, I, I can see it you're walking into town and there's two giant mastiffs you know leering and growling at everyone and all of a sudden they stop yeah, they, they, and one of them walks up and starts nuzzling up against it and licking the other one's like starts going to that play you know down low with the ass wiggling like he's going to start playing and then the guards are what the hell's wrong with these things new alpha in town yeah yeah it's uh it, it could be it could be a lot of fun um they give you an origin list it's which, not too bad loot already tapped on number two yeah and, and it could be it could be any number of these things it could be all of them it could be one of them or you can you can craft something for your homebrew world like. I think this list is good for newer players who really yeah. they haven't got into crafting this stuff, but it gives you an idea yep. of where to start and how to expand on it. There's only four things, but they right. do cover a pretty broad spectrum. I do like this list. I'm I'm particular uh, fond of like number four, uh, an ancient animal spirit dwells within you, allowing you to walk this path. That's a good one too. I like that. I, just the the fun I could have with that, you know, it's, knowing that you're you have a spirit. 
It's got a Native American feel. Oh, very much so. Yeah, Yeah, I really do like that one. And and don't just again, don't just stop there. It's like okay, as as a GM, like if if Lou said, you know, an ancient animal spirit dwells within my my character, I'd be like, uh, okay, Lou, tell me more. You know, how did this ancient spirit come to be? Was it was it you? Was it your father? Your mother? What? Give me like a little background on it. Is it passed from family member to family member? When well, one passes away, the spirit moves to the a next you know re- person in line. Well, or that's almost what I was saying with um, having it passed down from, like I said, my character who I would make my, a descendant of my druid, and it would be passed down. It probably wouldn't hit every generation. It probably hit like every other generation. So he, that character's that far removed. Like male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna go there, guys. <laughs> You know, or a, a recessive gene, like, you know, blue eyes or something, yep. uh, you know, things like that. It's, um, but get descriptive on it. Build that into your, uh, your, your character's origin story. If you don't have one, make one. GMs, tell your, car- your, your players they need to have an origin story. Well, a lot of this spawns at third level, too. So you, you can make two different origins. You can make your character origin, then you can make your spirit origin, your or your your path of the beast origin. That's actually a good so idea. you actually make yeah. a second origin, right? How did this come to be? And pick whatever it's on there. Okay, maybe it, you know the lycanthropy has been hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's a gift. I I love the idea of it being a gift. More often than not, it's, it's going to be lo- it's going to be looked at as a curse, which is which is unfortunate, and it still could be looked at as a, as a curse. You could be outcast from your village because of that, right? So it's been kept as a secret, yep. and it's like, oh, you're manifesting your yeah. village is saying you need to leave, right? So, I think yeah. that's I think that's a fantastic idea because what better way to build a character's background and then have it like happen at the gaming table at third level? Yes. No, 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 no. You're starting at first level. And then, you know, your player's like, hey, man, I want to go, I want to go uh, Path of the Beast. It's like, all right, cool. So I will let you know when it happens, <laughs> you know, and, yep. and, and build it. So, it, but don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody at the table because, you know, you want that, that surprise to be genuine. Not like, oh, well, here, here it comes. But. And then not all at once. No, no. Little incidences, you know, yep. the, the dream, the, you know, the, the happenstance, uh, a waking dream. You know, all of a sudden someone pisses you off and it, it's a, just a small slate, but all of a sudden you go flying off the handle. Next thing you're like, you're growling and baring teeth. And, That's what I was just about to say, know, in a fight. And, you yeah, know, and, you're, 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 and little things like this and, and just escalate it little at a time, little at a yeah. time until all of a sudden you go full bore. And next thing you know, the muzzle's there and the claws are there. And and it's like, okay, um, roll to attack with your claws. Yep. My, yeah. my, 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 my what? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> level Somewhere around level two, right before you hit level, yep. you know, cresting to level three, you can have these small things happen, yeah. and just like you know, you're eating raw meat. Yeah, yeah, or, or, or it's, eye, it's getting rarer and rarer, rare, yeah. and your eyes are glowing, you know, turning that golden color. You can see them flickering in yep. the darkness, in, or yep. the, you know, when they get angry, you know, their, their nails are just starting to grow a little bit longer than they should. Um, so you can, when you hit level three and you get into that fight, yep, then you know the DM should roll a, a D three. Is it going to be a tail that comes out, your, yep. your snout, or a claw? Make it a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Don't give them the yeah, because yeah, that's the next thing we're going to go into is yeah. you at at the form of the beast. Right? So now you have a chance of picking up a very distinctive form from your your animal, your spirit animal, your, yeah. your, your lycanthropy, you or whatever. You need to learn how to control each form. Right. When you enter your rage, you transform, uh, revealing the bestial power within you. That's awesome, especially like you said, if it's a surprise to the player as well. He's like he's like oh no 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 I I want I want claws I want claws I want claws, and and me I mean I would I would go for the tail because nothing's better than a great piece of mind knowing that you're going to be able to flesh out your character so yeah and um have them have them tell you what this beast is yeah well you know what animal spirit does do you, you yeah. know, hail from mm-hmm. or um, what kind of lycanthropy did one of your ancestors have yeah. or you know maybe maybe like in the case of your druid right your druid's ancestor maybe your druid was in so many different animal forms that you you know maybe you do end up with mandibles maybe you know you do end up with a spiky tail or a you know, one of those like naked possum tails and stuff like that, because there's so much of that magical residue in your in your genetics that it's not a wolf or it's not 
a bear. It's not. That's the uncommon thing. The thing yeah, you wouldn't yeah. even think. But that's the one thing I really, I think I, I kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where I kind of, the tail, it's piercing. Why, you know, why is it piercing? Most of your uh, t- tails are attacks from animals in the monster manual are all bludgeoning. Unless it's yeah. a piercing creature, which is only a very few of them. Yep, right. Scorpions and stuff like that. So I don't know why they just made it piercing. I would ask the GM if we can make that bludgeoning, depending on the type of. Yeah, you because know, the damage or, doesn't or have slashing. to change. Yeah, or slashing. Yeah. Yeah, or slashing. Yeah. If it was bony or something like that, where right. it'd have, you know, maybe a snake-like tail that's scaly. So yeah. it would have it, it'd be able to bludgeon or slash, slash if you caught just a tip. Right. So yeah, I would definitely kind of open that up. Yeah, the piercing does seem a little odd. I think that it needs a little bit of. Hailing of, frequencies are open, Captain. Why, thank you. Yep, Bill forgot to silence his phone. Right. I read silence my phone. We all looked at each other like, oh, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> no, I, you're right. I think uh, that the, the, the spiny tail is great. Uh, piercing damage, though? Eh. That's why I said, you know, I think it should be, you know, hopefully the DMs or the GMs will be open to interpretation to that, you know, depending what yeah. kind of animal you are. You and why not? It gives you blood. It's piercing, I mean, don't get me wrong, piercing's fine, but how many animals really pierce? And that's where, what, what I was going with that. Yeah, and, and don't be afraid to reskin for uh, for the sake of, you know, the theme you're going with. It's thematic. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with reskinning. That, it's still that damage. Is that yeah, the damage is different. there. It doesn't matter how it's delivered. Right. We did that We did that with Sin. Sin, Sin talked to me. He's uh, his uh, dragonborn sorcerer. She was, I, for, I forget what dragon. I don't know if it was white dragon. It was a white. It was a white, yeah. Yep. So uh, she, uh, he's... He's like, you know what? I, I just want I want her her attacks to be like cold themed. They don't have to they don't have to change anything. Just the appearance of it. So I said, well, I think that's a great idea thematically for your character, right? So we went with that. You know, as magic got- magic missiles were like you know little uh, bolts of cold energy. You know, as his his fireball was blue and it just worked. And mm-hmm. you actually did a really good job it with did, it too. But, you know, we got. I think, you know, our table is very mature where we weren't trying to get over because I could see a lot of people saying, oh, I want to reskin, like Sin did in his case, everything to, to be cold-based. But, yeah. you know, I'm casting a fireball, it's going to be cold-based. Now, now what happens when you start running up against creatures that have fire resistance? Oh, I know fireball. No, you just said we're reskinning everything to ice, so it has to stay that. So you got to remember to keep that into in mind as well because you don't want to give them – two different versions of a fire ice yeah. ball type thing going. You, that's right. really a tricky area. And like I said, we got lucky. Sin, he, he's not going to pull one over our, our well, you eyes. Gotta, you got you to gotta tackle Sin out of his character because once Sin, <laughs> Sin uh, we drive up on Sunday in February and leave Saturday morning, the following Saturday morning. So Sin throws his bags in the back of Lou's minivan and we're, we're, off, we're off and meet everybody at the Ludlow rest stop. And at that point where the wheels on the minivan start moving again from the Ludlow rest stop, you could see Sin getting in character, and he stays that way for seven days. At dinner, after we're done gaming, he's still Doriana Dracrax. <laughs> yes. Dragonborn Sorcerer. Um, Wakes up in the morning, uh, nothing better than cold coffee. I yeah, mean, just, as, just everything that comes out of his mouth. Um, he is he is, uh, he is deeply immersed in in his character. So I never had an issue with No, with, like with I said, him. we wouldn't have with him. We know we have a very mature table. But, you know, like with that, just so everybody understands, when you start doing stuff like that, you got to, you know, make sure. You have to, yeah. Um, that they're not going to try to double dip is what I'll call it. Yep. Because yeah. I'm going to flavor all my spells to ice. That includes my fireball. Yep. So now it's really an ice ball. So when I know stuff is starting to become resistant to fire, I mean, to cold, you I can't, can't, you I, can't swap it. You up. can't switch. You right. can't switch back. You shouldn't be able yeah. to. Yeah. It just no, doesn't a good work. call. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, you're right. We're, we're fortunate where our, our table wouldn't want to do that. Right. No, we're, it, we're, we're, we are, I think we seasoned players, not, not just that, but we get into the thematics of our character at times. Yes. And we we try to stay with that. Yep. And any deviation will kind of throw us all off. It, also, it, it does. And it, it also pisses off the continuity master. Yes, it does. It will come down upon you. And we with, don't want to hear with, you. <laughs> but they do. They with love. Seven. They love that. They love that. That that stuff. That immersion. And 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 you know, you look at Korik. Korik is Korik is uh, immersed, like deeply, uh, when he's when he's playing. 
Oh, yeah. Yep. And no matter which character it is, yeah. yeah. But to get back on track, you know, what we're trying to say is when you're playing this barbarian, immerse yourself in it and embrace it. Don't just play like, it. Yeah, don't just say, oh, I, I, I'm, I have a claw. Well, why do you, like we were saying, why do you have claws? You know, where did that come from? Don't just say, oh, I'm going to hit with my claw and I'm going to do this. Or I, I swipe with a tail. Well, what kind of tail is it? Yeah. What does it do? Is it, you know, like we said, does it do bludgeoning damage, slashing, or piercing? Right. You know, you know. Let's yep. go. Let's go full bore. With what it. do you look like? Yeah. Do you look like Robert Pattinson that needs a manicure? <laughs> um, you know, sorry, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> if you're listening, we apologize. That's yeah. pretty good. Normally, it's Scott apologizing for us. <laughs> nice pickup there. Yeah, but, but even the bite. I mean, you. Or I have. I have. I'm going to bite him. I have. I have big, sharp, pointy teeth. Okay. Do you have a muzzle? Yeah. You know, do, is it elongated? Do you have a short, you know, a short snout? Is it long canines? Is it rows of teeth? There's a lot of critters out there that have a lot of different teeth styles. But speaking of that bite, uh, let's talk about that bite for a minute. Yeah, that bite is interesting. It's a good bite. <laughs> it's Well, it does a D8 damage. Yep, yep. Um, what I do like about it is when you're below 50% of your hit points, you got to remember you can you can only, you only use these when you go into rage too I believe. Yes, you have to be in rage. So let's you know let's make that clear. But if you're under fifty percent of your hit points, you gain hit points back equal back to your proficiency bonus. So, yeah, how do you play that? I'm taking a bite out of them. I'm yep. eating it. Not or, you know not you know you know really, but that's how I would play because I'm taking his life essence in the side now. Right. Yeah. Or it's the blood. The yeah. blood. You know, yeah. The blood. The blood does it, so you, you know you get your. Maybe it's a blood rage. Yeah, yeah. The blood f- fuels the rage. Yeah. Yep. Good, good, good opportunities for for role playing and storytelling. Um, don't miss those opportunities. Yeah, just just the form of the beast. Just, not even we haven't even gotten to the sixth level of bestial soul. Just these three here. You know, between your bite, claw, and your tail, there is so many opportunities here. And remember, you can only pick one of these when you're going into rage. You That's can't get it. Two, you can't yeah. get three. It's one. So at they least saw they can... you guys coming when they wrote this. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, so, it's each time you rage, you can change it up. Yeah, yeah. Unless, of course, you you as your character, then nope, uh, I'm sticking with the tail. Yeah, I'm, that's it, just the tail. I would, I would roll random on like a d6. Yeah, each just, time. Yeah, just because it makes it. It makes it more interesting. It's like, okay, I, I don't have control. I would do that probably for like the first, let's say, five, six levels. After that, maybe you've gained a little control over that. Yeah, where you can, yeah, it's like it's like getting, uh, you know, you, you went to uh, upstate New York to Professor X. And, yep. you know, he taught you how to control your mutant barbarian ability. Well, that makes a lot it of, make, it it makes makes a lot sense. of you sense. Know, you shouldn't have control right in the beginning. Yep. Like we said, you know, you're getting these mm-hmm. abilities at third level. Surprise here, you got so you can you know, you're in a fight, you got a muzzle or a claw or a tail, whatever. But you don't you shouldn't know what you have off the top of the off the top of your head without really role playing into it. And I really like the idea of the random roll every time you rage. I do too. That's that's actually a good call. I like that yep. one. And, and again, guys, these are just our thoughts on this. You know, you can flavor this however you want, but these are just ideas for you to to use. Yeah. I, that, I might even throw a fourth one in there. You probably could. A heavy uh like a heavy uh, hide or heavy fur to give you an AC bonus. Yep, and build that in instead. Yeah, gotta remember these are just frameworks, and as a DM, you can homebrew this a little bit. You know, flavor it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do whatever you want. It's your game. That's the beauty of it. It's it's all about what you and your players are looking for out of the game. So we, let's let's go a little more in depth than the claws. All right, each of your hands transforms into a claw, which you can use as a weapon if it's empty. It deals one d six slashing damage on a hit. Once each of your terms, when you're attacked with the claw, using the attack action, you can make one additional claw attack as part of the same action. That's pretty cool. So that's, yeah. you know, kind of like a you know quick little one-two. Yep. That, that's nice. That's nice. That, 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 that uh, is a little bit like your, your monk who gets your open hand attack. Exactly. That little D4 you know, bonus. Usually using a weapon as a D8 and then a D4. Here you got two D6. It comes out to about the same numbers. It does, but now I feel the monk got cheated a little bit. <laughs> now, that you, now that you say that, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that. They, Yeah, that, and I can't wait until we talk about the monk because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. There is. There's there. a lot, yeah. But I want to I go to, like, the feats. Oh, because yes. In reading the feats, um, 
I was like, what? What would there was something that popped into my mind when I was reading the Claude attacks? Um, was it dual wielder? I think I don't know if dual wielder would have practical application it, for the Claude attack. It would if you were getting a bonus action because then you can get another oh, additional yeah, attack. Yeah, in. so yes, it would. So that'd yep. be a nice feat to take. Uh, slasher. Oh, yep. You know, would be would be great because you know you go with something like this. It'd be like I'd almost be reluctant to use any weapons you know yeah i would i would want to just be very bestial um in that um but the uh yeah the 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 slasher i think would uh would work well and there is another one what are you thinking lou oh no that wasn't a fighter subclass i was thinking about oh maybe i thought i thought there was another one i was i was playing around with D beyond the other night and uh i thought there was another like a pugilist or something that's a fighter though isn't it yes yep you th- i think you're thinking about that there's one in the fighter class that i was thinking about as well um that i think again cheapens the monk oh absolutely i know exactly yeah. which one you're talking about yeah it does um and that that kind of sucks well we'll go over the monk yeah, in a little got... while and we'll see if they they did enough justice to the monk to it was unarmed fighting Unarmed oh, fighting. fighting. There you go. That's what I was thinking of, but it's not a feat. It's no, a, it's, it's a, a, yeah, a fighter it's, skill. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So the claws. Uh, I'd take a slasher feat. I think that would that would come in handy. Yep. Since I mean, basically, that's what you're doing with your claws, right? You're, yep. I, w- I, w- I would go with the the dual wielder if I was a a, a human. That yeah. Would that's take that, just for that extra bonus attack from when I believe when you rage you get a bonus act. Uh, yeah. Act, action. Right. So that's yep. what I would do. That wouldn't, yeah. That that'd go well too with that because then, like you said, you you get that you get that extra. Yeah, because you're getting you're getting at first level, you're getting two attacks automatically. One, and it accounts as one action. Right, yeah. you get it. You get a two for there. Yeah. So and if you have a bonus action, you know, because of your rage, you can now use it because I think uh, if I remember correctly, you cannot attack twice, you know, unless you're using light weapons. Correct. Um. That dual wielder negates that, so you'll be able to now get your an additional attack, and so you technically get three attacks. Right, because you get your your first attack, then you get your extra attack. Yep. Then you can have a bonus attack because yep. you can't have more than one bonus. Right. But then your first attack is actually two. Yes. So you're actually getting three attacks. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, you know, again, that's just how we interpret it. You guys can flavor this however you like. Fuzzy monk. Yep. I like that fuzzy monk. Then tail. The tail. You grow a, a, a lashing spiny tail, which deals a D8 piercing damage on a hit and has a reach property. So reach property is, is actually pretty good. Uh, if a creature with you can see within 10 feet of you hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to swipe your tail and roll a D8, applying the bonus to your AC equal to the number rolled, potentially causing the attack to miss you. It's kind of like the cat, you know, changing direction in midair. Kind of like Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it yeah. is. <laughs> so it's like, you know, tail, yep. you know, lashes out to one direction and it throws your, your center of gravity off to help you dodge. Or it just hits, you know, like if it's a, yep. a weapon, it just moves the weapon out of the way just mm-hmm. sl- ever so slightly. Yep. You know, how you got to flavor that up too. You just can't right. say, oh, it missed me. Yeah. Well, especially if you start deciding to, we've already talked about, you know, we could do bludgeoning or slashing yep. as opposed to piercing. All right, so is it prehensile? That's another good thing, to a point. So did it, did, not necessarily that you can hang upside down by your tail, but is it enough to also lash out, grab a chair, and interpose a chair That's in, in the way call. of the weapon? Or small devices like that? Or maybe just enough to reach out and grab their ankle and not enough to take them down, but enough to get ruin their balance? Well, I like what you said about the chair because, you know, you can put move that chair in front of you, give you... Um, like partial cover, maybe that's why they missed you. They're exactly. not disadvantage. Yeah. They're right. not getting that, but there's your reason for it, why. It's, it's an obstacle. Yes. That they're having to get around. So yeah, you have a couple of different ways to go about that. And again, you know, they say the tail is a, a spiny tail that does piercing damage. That's kind of cool, but I would definitely flavor the crap out of this particular one. Yep. Bribe your GMs. Bring that's them right. some snacks. They'll They'll go with your flavor. I like funny bones. Oh, I love funny bones. Oh. I make sure I bring some next time we play. Love funny bones. So we get bestial soul at uh, sixth level. Um, this is a cool feature too. It, it is. It is pretty neat. 
all your your natural weapons, your claws, your bite, your tail, they they now count as a magical weapon. So you can you can hit those creatures that require a magical weapon to hit. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, what are you doing? Chewing on a ghost. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you can all alter your form to adapt to your surroundings. Um, very sci-fi. It is. You know, it, it's uh, it's cool. Um, I it, would I would see the first application of that is go quadruped, so you can move through heavy terrain and maintain your speed. Well, you kind of get something like that. What it does is you, you yeah. can alter your form. You know, every long rest. And you got to pick one. You either get one that gives you a swimming speed, mm-hmm. a climbing speed, or jump or a jump uh, ability, or an improved jump. I'll say because we already can jump based on our strength score. Yep. Right. So if you're if you're playing in one of Bill's campaigns and there's a boat involved, it's it's <laughs> it's gonna sink. <laughs> so uh, do the water hey, if, breathing at, one. At least two boats remained floating. At least two. In, in not like, 100%. In like 35 years, that's a pretty shitty track record. It's not 100%, though. It's 98.7. Nobody would be cruising on Bill's cruise line if that was the track record. <laughs> but, you know, you get, you get your swimming speed is equal to your walking speed. Yeah. Like you said. And, and you, you can, can breathe, breathe underwater. For that whole day. Yes. That's actually pretty cool. That is that pretty is. cool. The one I really like is that you can climb now, too. Yeah, maybe that's where that, you know, the like the the prehensile tail thing comes in, you know. Well, it does say you can you can climb difficult surfaces including upside down on ceilings without needing to make an ability check. That's so. unnerving. That is unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing this big hulking barbarian above you just walking up up there? I have yet to see a hulking barbarian in this book at all. I got Robert Pattinson and let me tell you about the wild elf. Oh, we'll Next get there. Week. <laughs> the, the wild magic elf. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that one for loan for now. I got, <laughs> got derailed on my rant about the artwork. Uh, um, yeah, the feral powers are, are actually really cool. The bestial soul. I, I like this. This could be fun. I I know that I would probably pick jumping if I had a, a shot because you've seen what I've done with my monk with with yep. the ability to for movement and jump. So that that's you know that's <laughs> that's fun. It's it's real fun. It's uh, scary. Crouch, crouching tiger, hidden guide wire. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> uh, infectious fury. This now this wow, yeah. You know when I read it, it's like okay, so basically I'll bite someone and they'll get rabies. Yes, yeah, and that's exact. You know, like you're foaming at the mouth. Maybe maybe your character's a little on the mangy side. You know, <laughs> I don't. But here's how I picture how I picture this: you bite somebody because now you can have them attack somebody of your choice. Yep. Instead of saying go attack them, I'd be like sick them <laughs> and point at them. You know, it's like you're catch. You're yeah, you're controlling the person. You know, he's part of. He's got some of your bestial rage in you. Well, yeah. Here, here's here's the uh, when I when I read that, I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's some lycanthropy in your background. You know, like like in in the origins that that they give as an example, and your your bite. You know, maybe your saliva or whatever carries a little bit of that lycanthropy. So for a moment, they're you know they're they're infected just a little bit. You know, temporary transfer. Turn them. Yep. You know, but and now they're you know they're basically kind of under your control as the creature that turned them, even if it's it's diluted. You know, I suppose I suppose if you drink enough old duels, you'll get a buzz. It may be like you know uh, <laughs> like thirty forty gallons of the stuff. But uh, it's kind of like that, you know. It's it's like it's like when you used to get it. Now I know you've all done this, and kids don't. But you get into your parents' liquor cabinet, you know, and you drink a little, and you're like, "Oh shit, I better pour some water in there," you know. And then your dad's, "Oh, oh no, they marked it." This is my my hundred and twenty dollar bottle of scotch. <laughs> some asshole watered it down. <laughs> Kind of like that, you know. That's your lycanthropy and your spit. It's a little watered down, but it does the trick yet. Yeah, no. But I mean, of course, they have to make their wisdom save of with, for with a DC of eight plus your Constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus, that's or they a, suffer. That, there, they can de- suffer. That's a decent stack. Yeah, it that, is. that could turn into a pretty good number. Now, if the person that you bit or whatever, and there's no one else around to attack, they can just take two D twelve points of damage. Psychic damage, yes, too. I, as, yeah, I think that's one of the least uh, resistant damages. It very, yeah, yeah. There's, there's very little resistance to that. I, that might be just a terror factor. I, I would say so. This could, this dude just ran up and bit me and took a chunk out of me. That's scary-ass shit. See, going back <laughs> a little bit, how I see this is like kind of 
leading to what Scott was saying, you know, I bite somebody. So a little bit of me just went into my animal instincts, yep. just went into this bad person or, you know, the, the villain. And now I'm going to take control of a little bit of myself and telling myself to go attack whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I would send that after the big bad if the big bad's around or whoever the, the, the leader is at the time. Yeah, or it falls right in with maybe it's not even conscious. You know, maybe it's it falls within that psychic damage where it's like, okay, I'm I'm focused I didn't even think of that. Yeah. On on this opponent. So this person that I just infected is is now going after after what my focus is. Yep. That, um, that's perfect. And 2D12 is is I'm I'm gl- number one first I want to say thank you for, for finding a way to use the D12. Yes. 2d12s that's not shabby damage no that's, that's that, that 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 there's a good range there uh, yeah. imagine on a a, a crit roll where you yeah. Oh, your yeah. yeah now you're rolling four yep yeah that's uh there could be a whole big world about you right there and you can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you retain all expended uses when you finish a long rest so that that's pretty cool and it, most proficiency bonuses you're looking at this level uh, probably a, at least a plus three, probably closer to a plus four. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's close to a plus four. Uh, that's that's a good amount of uses. It is. Call the Hunt. I Badass. think this is my favorite one yeah, of all. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty sick. <laughs> well, I think it's because of the size of our table at times. This is why this one really, like if I'm, when we yes. had on Mondays, you know, anywhere, we had anywhere from a minimum of six up to ten people. Sometimes twelve, yep. you know, big ones. But yeah, yep. the the average Monday night table was range between eight and ten. Yes, or or when the whole like guild gets together, like oh, that's we, just, when when we used yeah. to back when the world was open. You know, <laughs> that, uh, every sixth week there there'd be anywhere from like twelve to sixteen people in the basement. And this is huge for when you have a group this size. Yeah, yeah. I I would have like. It says the beast within you grows so powerful that you can spread its ferocity to others and gain resilience from them joining your hunt. I would, I would have to insist that everyone the, howls together. The play, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can see it's written all over his face. <laughs> you know, the 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 player, uh, the player character either howls or lets out a roar, and then you know the entire group in unison is just kind of like. Answers fortified, you know, where it's like this pack roar yep. and, or or howl, growl, whatever. And, you yeah. know, like like when uh, a pack of wolves is on the hunt, you know, just uh, just this like chilling kind of unnerving experience, yeah. you know, where um, I I'd be like, oh shit, it's getting real. Yeah, I I make the opponents make a successful morale roll now. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, That's I would, another episode. <laughs> I would pull morale from the archives, from the D and D archives, and go. This is a situation where, if I had a bunch of bandits set upon the party, and one of the party like goes into a rage and howls and grows like claws or a muzzle, and then the rest of the party answers with their own howl or roar. It's like, all right, it's time for Especially a morale Especially if they all, they all get just, down on, you know, like, you know, one knuckle goes to the ground. Yeah. You know, almost like the three-point stance for a bunch of linebackers, and they're all growling at you. Well, continue reading on so people can understand why this can be so <laughs> okay. flavorful. So when you enter your rage, you can choose a number of other willing creatures you can see within 30 feet of you equal to your constitution modifier, minimum of uh, one creature. You gain five temporary hit points for each creature that accepts this feature. So if your table's got seven players and six of them are giving you each five hit points, that's that's 30 hit points. That's uh, a lot. Well, uh, hang on. You A number of people within 30 feet equal to your constitution modifier. So you can't, at least in a barbarian, I think, if depending what four, they can have five. Four or five. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so. Well, Let's stop right there. When you hit 20th level, your caps on, you can get your constitution up to 24. Yeah. So, so think about that. So think about yeah. where your, your con mod is then. Plus yeah. six, seven? I it'd be plus seven or eight. Seven, eight, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, now you're talking big, big. But, I yeah. mean, still, even at lower levels, oh, yeah, that's is, still three or four. Yep. Uh, there's 20 extra temporary hit points. 20 points is three hit dice. Yep. Plus. 
Yeah, and, and that's on top of all the other stuff the, that a barbarian gets, gets yep. during the rage. When, you know? Like next to nothing bothers you, and it's all yep. at half, and you can go below zero. And <laughs> and there's more. Oh, but wait, there's more. Until the rage ends, the chosen creature can each use the following benefits once on each of their turns. When the creature hits a, a target with an attack roll and deals damage to it, the creature can roll a d6 and gain an a bonus to the damage equal to the number rolled. So that means everybody that Scott chose can now gets another D6, D6. on their yep. die. Yeah, every time they hit. Yep. yep. So and on average, let's say you know, you got five, that's up to uh, up to a maximum of 30 points a round. Yes. That's and, a lot of damage. Especially if against the big bad. That's a lot of damage that's or hurt, yep. you know. Yeah, because you can use this feature a number of times equal to your uh, proficiency score. Yep. So you can right. you can take out all of the big bads minions and then maybe have, you know, another go around, you know, for the, for the big bad and that, and that, those, those little D sixes, they add up that, fast. They add up they fast. Add up. Not yeah. only that, if the barbarian's biting, if he ever goes under half, he's getting health back. Yes. At that level, he's getting four hit points at least back. That, every round, every time he bites. Barbarians are tanky to begin with, but this, this like kind of, takes it up to the next level of, of, of tankiness. Um it's pretty it's pretty sick. I like it. Yeah. I I would I would definitely uh well not that I'll get an opportunity to play, but um Well if it makes you feel any better, um I'll do this with the barbarian that I'll build, you know, and you no, can see how it's done. It doesn't really make me feel any oh, better. Oh, it makes me feel better. Yeah, I know. I will run a game just for Scott. Oh, you're you're right. You will. <laughs> I would I would put this this uh, this character in. We talked. I don't know when, but we talked about like a uh, a campaign set in a fantasy. I think we we're talking about the warlock, warlock or the paladin when we we're we we're doing that. We we're talking about a campaign in a, like a fantasy woodland. You know, I think that was the warlock. And there yeah, was a warlock where, as you know, well. It was yeah. like maybe an oath of ancient paladin, and then um, was it Fey Pact warlock? Yes, I would. Yep. I would think this this primal path would fit nicely into a campaign that took place in a massive old fantasy like forest because it would be something where okay the uh, he'd be at home at number one. Yeah, would be he would be at or she would be at home. But no matter no matter what your origin you decided on, whether you know there's lycanthropy in your line, you know it's like okay, maybe I had a relative that was a, a lycanthrope. They moved to this forest for the magical healing properties because they were sick of eating people, and it kind of diluted that. And now, you know, I'm able to kind of control a little bit of what mom or dad gave me, or maybe it was that fae. Well, one wow. of the origin is you, you're gifted to you know by the phase, so this could be you feel drawn to it, almost like a homing instinct. And, yeah, where this is where that that fey or, origin came from. You may not be aware of it, but well, it's just like um when like when fish go up river to spawn. Yep, they don't. Yep. they just know they have to get up there. Maybe it was maybe it was something your you know your uh, a fey queen was really like ill and your mother happened to be uh an herbalist and she went and either um well it just happened to be carrying herbs that don't naturally grow here yeah she and, came from another area entirely and, and said no i think i have something for this and they're like well we don't have anything like that here well i got it in my pouch right here yep and lo and behold it worked saved either this 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 fay or their child or something mm-hmm. and then you know when this this woman later on or maybe she was just like a a young girl or an apprentice or whatever. And now she's a full grown woman. She has a child and this fey person comes and bestows a gift upon the child, you know, something that would be considered a gift in like, you know, fey society or fey realm. She gifted to her while she was pregnant. So she doesn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's all sorts of like cool stuff you can do. Like, and not just in, in, in a, uh, like a fantastical woodland, but that's definitely where I would stick this. Uh, oh yeah, dude, that, this, it, it's uh, a really, really, really good fit. But you know, maybe these are shamans of some some savage tribe that lives on like the uh, uh, the borders of civilized lands. You know, it's like okay, the shamans are selected from those that that can commune with uh, these animals. 
and uh, shares in their spirit or whatever have you. But I really like the kind of fey fantasy woodland setting for this. I think that fits very well for this. Because I can see it, um, this 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 humanoid just going out, you know, and and running like barefoot through the woods, like like your dog would if it's chasing a squirrel, you know, where the hind legs are back past its ears, <laughs> you know, and just charging through in this unnerving kind of animalistic way because you know, like a human form isn't built for that sort of thing, but it seems perfectly natural for it to be doing that. Yep. Or just running with a pack of wolves or hanging out with bears or something. I agree. We have the, you, you in the same uh, venue, you still have your ancient animal spirits that can inhabit. You have your fae. We always have a descendant from like an arch druid or something like that. So that particular setting, I think, lends itself very much to the fantastic world that a lot of us are used to in D&D. It doesn't necessarily lean itself towards your post-apocalyptic or... No, not at all. Yeah. I like it because it, I think with this barbarian, it really doesn't matter if it's a high magic or a low magic or mid-magic world. It works. It, it, it works. It, yes. It, it fits, I think it'll fit in, and I do like this class a, a lot. This mm-hmm. is one of the subclasses I like um, out of this book. Um, and, and I would make it a rare thing. Yes. You know, where there's not like an entire like tribe of people. Maybe there was a long, long time ago, but not anymore. Um, and it's it's a rare, rare thing to have. Well, that's where the older people in the town goes, remember the old stories of way back when? And Yeah, the dog-faced men that lived in the woods. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, you're just a crazy old lady. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know. Rocky over here all of a sudden comes through town with a, a dog face, and they're like yeah, <gasps> scratching that, his that, ear with that his, crazy with his old, and... that crazy old coot. Yeah, she actually, you know, she actually knew what she was talking about. That'd be fun. That would be. And Scott and I both have an affinity towards barbarians, anyway. Yes, so. I know. It's scary. <laughs> Hulk and Thor together. I can't wait. Baby arms. And that's a look at the barbarian and the path of the beast, primal path. See you next week in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.